the Hartford Historical Society is excited to announce an upcoming tour of a local historical house right here in town. Come on by this Friday until 5 to see a house built by Stanford White in 1906. Actually, Suzanne, the house was built in 1907, and it wasn't Stanford White, but one of his protégés. When you tour this one-of-a-kind mansion, you'll be able to enjoy all sorts of homey touches, such as a real family eating dinner rather than paid actors. You're even welcome to try out the grand piano. Um, no, Alexis, they cannot play the piano. Don't you see the sign that clearly says, don't play the piano? On the other hand, if you see a handsome executive desk in the office or a roll-top desk in the sitting room, feel free to rifle through them and really imagine yourself in the house. Wow, no wonder so many residents say never again to our tour. Don't bank on this happening again next year. Get your tickets now. Mention Talking Fast to Dory and she'll let you come in even after the tour has definitely ended at 5. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are recapping Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 10, The Nanny and the Professor. Lorelai and Suki renovate their inn. Lorelai enjoys a romantic evening. Rory is irritated by Paris' new relationship. I wouldn't call it irritation. I'd call it disgust. (laughs) Disgust is a good word. I also just can't believe we're already at episode 10. And that our mid-season is nearly approaching. It's going so fast. Just like this semester at Yale. We're already in the second semester now. Feels like just yesterday we were new freshmen walking in those hallowed halls. It does. (laughs) Uh, Before we get further into our initial thoughts on this episode, don't forget to rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast, and you can listen ad-free on Patreon, just search Talking Fast Podcast, and I've been forgetting this for many weeks, but you can also email us your thoughts at TalkingFastPodcast at gmail.com. Oh yeah, we have an email. Yeah. (laughs) What a good place to send thoughts. Okay, what was your response to episode 10? Um, I enjoyed it overall. I thought, like, there were some scenes that I very clearly remember, like the stuff at Jason's house. Mm -hmm. But I also didn't feel like it really was that exciting, necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think? Yeah. Well, I do. You've mentioned a couple times wanting to talk about his house and his dog. Mm -hmm. So I was I was noticing and thinking about that as I was rewatching this episode for sure. Um, I thought this was a very like standard sort of run of the mill season four episode. Like, I don't know if I'll end up ranking it all that high in terms of my favorites, but I thought it did well to like propel several Mm -hmm. storylines forward at once. And I I thought there was a lot of, like, humor in it, and I was, like, really entertained by all levels of the storyline. So, I don't know. I feel like maybe I liked it more than I realized as I'm I'm talking right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, there wasn't a bad thing about this episode, I think. It was just kind of... Yeah. It was just good, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It was, like, lowercase g good, you know? It was, like, it was good. It wasn't, like, it was good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
Well, let's see how well we can recap it quickly. Okay. Are you ready to go first? Yeah. Okay. Ready, set, go. Wayne works at Luke's now, and Tobin is back. He works as a nanny for Sookie. This sets off Michelle, so he offers to babysit. He gets Davey or Truman stuck under the bed, and Lorelai helps him. More importantly, Lorelai has been dating Jason, but they're going to keep their relationship a secret. Um, she's also renovating the inn still. Meanwhile, Rory's at Yale, and she's annoyed by Paris and Asher. And... um. Um, they, uh, oh no, I just wasted my last like five seconds. That's always how it goes. I feel like once you know the end is coming, it's just a panic, panic mode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like the shoppers buying up all the toilet paper, you know, before a storm or COVID. Yeah. (laughs) That was me. (laughs) Not literally. Just get a bidet. Um. (laughs) Okay. Um, good advice here on our Goma Girls podcast. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to go? Uh, yes, I believe so. All right. On your mark, get set, go. So Lane took over for Brennan at Luke's, and that's a good thing. Um, we also are still working on picking out the trimming and stuff for the inn. So there's a meeting about that. And Michelle and Tobin's rivalry is reunited because Tobin's a nanny for Davey. Um, and also Jason is still in the picture and he and Lorelai have, uh, their first sleepover, I guess. And it's interesting. And meanwhile, uh, Rory's, uh, not happy with Paris and really doesn't want to know about Asher Fleming. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. I feel like I forgot something, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll be able to like touch on everything and more as we slow down. So, (laughs) yeah, I have to warn you. I have three nominations in the cold open. Let's go. So I'm kind of front-loaded this episode. I have none, if that helps. Okay, nice. I'll I'll get us going then. Do you have a Roy's bookshelf about Cole's de sac? I do. How did you Good. know? <laughs> Take it away. Well, I do know you taught a class on the history of the English language. Yeah. Once, so I, I kind of know it's something you think about. Yeah. So... This is like, I feel like this is a memorable little snippet that Lorelai and Rory have along the lines of like, oi with the poodles already or copper boom or something, just like a weird conversation Mm -hmm. that sticks somehow. But Lorelai has just learned that the plural of cul-de-sac is coles de sac because it's French. Um, And so this is my Rory's bookshelf because I wanted to talk a little bit about language borrowing. (laughs) Mm. and cul-de-sac is specifically a loan word there are different kinds of language borrowing and they're all like along the lines of loan words but loan words are the most obvious ones that are just a word from another language used exactly like pronounced more or less the same way and with the same meaning meaning in a different language like cul-de-sac um, obviously we don't pro- like French people probably wouldn't say we pronounce it correctly, but (laughs) we attempt to. Um, But there are also other kinds of language borrowing, and it really depends on how long there's been language contact. So, for instance, English has a lot of French words that have kind of been baked into English at this point because of the Norman invasion in 1066 when Old English was then uh, kind of overrun by Norman French 
And so a lot of our words are kind of a an amalgamation of both Old English and French that made up Middle English and Modern English. Um, but we also have some loan words. Obviously, we have a lot of like Latin loan words and stuff and different different levels of how much they've kind of assimilated into the language. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll get um, cognates or like loan words that aren't pronounced the same but have a similar meaning but are have kind of been partially translated or fully translated. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm just interested in loan words. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I liked mm-hmm. this example of uh, cul-de-sac. It's also interesting, like, technically, yes, the plural is cul-de-sac, but technicality doesn't always matter in spoken language. <laughs> yeah. So what mm-hmm. really matters is how the word is used most often. So I think cul-de-sacs is perfectly fine. <laughs> That's how language changes <laughs> and evolves, and it's normal and good. It's a wonderful and thing. <laughs> people shouldn't yell at people for evolving language. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any examples of other fun loan words? I don't know. The like one of my favorite examples of like a loan word that's become so like part of ingrained in our language is just the. <clears throat> pronouns that came from Old Norse in the 8th and 9th century and overtook the Old English pronouns. Most Mm. of them are like the ones that start with TH, like they, them, all of those. And they completely wiped out the Old English plural pronouns. And so now we are speaking a bit of Old Norse. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. It's uh, pretty fun. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as Lorelai and Rory and Suzanne are discussing loan words, um, they head into Luke's where they are met with Lane, who is now working at Luke's as she should have from the first place. Although mm-hmm. I do think we got a good laugh from Brennan last episode. So well worth the wait. And it's played really well with Luke feeling like he can't live up to Lane's expectations now. He's like essentially saying she's too good of an employee. Um, He thinks he like blew the interview. And yeah, it was so, so cute. Um, Was that potentially your Slurs Hollow moment? Yes. How'd you know? (laughs) I don't know. I guess I'm on point today. (laughs) There weren't that many options for me in this episode, but Mm -hmm. this was just like such a good, like we... I don't feel like we've ever really seen Luke and Lane interact very much in the past, but they're two like staples of our Stars Hollow experience and here they come together and it's very nice and very funny. Mm -hmm. I also (laughs) gave Lorelai my Lorelai's closet for a truly 2000s scarf that she was wearing. (laughs) It was like a kind of duo-toned like... uh, blue on one side and like purple or red or something on the other side but Mm. it was wrapped around her neck once and of course it's thin like four inches wide it was wrapped around her neck but still both ends reached the ground (laughs) like this is not a practical scarf this is a fashion scarf and these were only around in like 2005 like 2000 to 2008 or something (laughs) yeah very specific I was thinking, like, I noticed both of their outfits in this scene as well. They were very, like, eye-grabbing, I thought. Mm -hmm. And 
when they're outside before they go in, it looks like slushy almost. Like it definitely looks cold. But then I'm also thinking about Lorelai's outfit. It was like, it doesn't really seem like a winter outfit. But then it's like, well, if we throw on this floor length scarf, then people will know it's supposed to be January. And it kind of works. (laughs) They do something like that later on too when they're like outside of the inn and it's snowy, like snow, like very fake snow. But she's like in just a normal outfit. And then they put on a, a hat and a scarf to show that it's cold outside. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Jason is in like a huge coat. Mm-hmm. So I bet that actor was like burning up yeah, and was so like, if it was winter, I mean, if it was warm, which it probably was in California. So he was probably like, why does Lauren Graham get, you know, <laughs> just to throw on the hat while I'm in this overcoat? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta pay your dues. And speaking of paying your dues, Lorelai and Rory have a conversation that, um, you know, you have to have a little bit of the exposition of planting of the seed and mm-hmm. the cold open. So Lorelai out of nowhere asks, you know, oh, how's Paris and her boyfriend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she has cared about Jamie so much before. And Rory says she doesn't talk about Asher at this point. Perhaps she's so disgusted. It's like she can't even it's like a dirty yeah. secret even for her. But Paris has fed her this story that she is spending time with Jamie um, skiing or something like yeah, that and so that's what we hear from Rory here and we also hear she's planning to go back to Yale early to get settled in before everyone arrives which seems like such a Rory thing to me mm-hmm. and I don't think we we're allowed to do that in my dorm you know there were just specific the dorm was closed over winter break so you there's a day when you were allowed to come back but I would have liked to do that you know yeah. just have a quiet start to the semester that would be nice you could just lounge on the couch by yourself as long as the dining hall was still open exactly at least like bare bones cereal and stuff an interesting open um i agree our next scene is michelle and lorelei walking towards sookie's house for another meeting about the inn michelle is once again on a diet and angry that Suki somehow <laughs> manages to make him taste things anytime he comes over, which sounds wonderful to me. I know. He does have this line that I did find incredibly relatable. He says, like, as long as low-rise jeans are in fashion, mm-hmm. I have to stay trim. Ugh. And, like, we've talked about a lot about, like, toxic diet culture in the show and whatnot, but I was like, I do truly sympathize with him because it's like, yeah, he's a trendy, fashionable guy. He wants to be on fashion. And if that's mm-hmm. the trend, like the pressure of feeling like you have the quote unquote right body for low rise jeans, which are awful, an awful invention. Yeah. Like I was like, poor Michelle. But like I, I kind of it was like, I get it. Like I slightly see why you're doing this. Not that I'm saying it's a good thing, but I was just like, yeah, we all hate low rise jeans. And Many a time I have worried that they were coming back in style. It oh seems gosh. like people <laughs> flirt with it. And I feel like some low-rise stuff is kind of coming back now. And I'm just fully ignoring it. But like as long as I can always buy my mid-rise to high-rise mm-hmm. pants, like I'll be okay with whatever else is in style. As long as it does not affect the supply of yeah. my pants that like cover my belly button even like that high. I, I feel like once Gen Z and 
is it Gen Alpha, the people younger than Gen Z who are like in high school now? I think. Once they realized that there was a reason that tunic <laughs> t-shirts became popular as soon as low-rise jeans were popular and they Preach. won't be able to yeah. wear their cropped sweatshirts and stuff without showing huge amounts of butt crack when they have <laughs> low-rise jeans on, they will I see know. the light and go back to mid-rise. <laughs> yeah. It was forget, so terrible. Like, forget if you're comfortable showing your midriff or not. Mm-hmm. Like, no one should be comfortable showing your butt crack. Yeah. Like, and there's we, no way to avoid it. If you have any amount of, yeah. like, butt, there was, it At was all. unavoidable. <laughs> And the thing is, it's like, I think that it's interesting how underboob became a thing mm-hmm. that is recognized as sexy and desirable. And if that ever happens for the butt crack, I think that will be something that like misses me entirely. You know, yeah. maybe that will be the thing where they're like, you're so conservative that you think people <laughs> should hide their butt cracks. <laughs> I feel like, like there yeah. are like <laughs> leggings and stuff that are ruched. So it shows like the the line of the butt cheeks but that's mm. completely different from seeing an yeah. actual butt crack <laughs> yeah it's just like squished into jeans plumber. <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> anyways yeah i hope they yeah. also don't go back to low-rise jeans a terrible time yeah um but i do have my first nomination in this scene when michelle and laura like are in Sookie's, they realize that Tovin has returned. And this is my Star's Hollow moment. I think, you know, a a common component of a Star's Hollow moment is like a town, a townie, a town Mm -hmm. character, you know. And we loved Tovin the first time he came around. We really loved the rivalry between him and Michelle, kind of as foils to each other, yet also like, they are enemies because mm-hmm. they're so similar yet so different at the same time. And I just love how riled up Michelle got mm-hmm. at this. And I thought Tobin's character was just even funnier this time around with the details of like where he's been since the end burned yeah. down. And he's talking about how he moved to Utah because he heard um, something about like industrious Mormons getting a lot of jobs, <laughs> I think it was. And it turns out he wasn't Mormon, so he had to do a lot of paperwork only to find out that he can't have alcohol or coffee as a Mormon. So it didn't last. And um, he thought, I think he said it wasn't all that bad besides the weird pajamas or weird weird underwear, underwear, you know, referencing the weird kind of ritual clothes they wear. Um, But I love that backstory. I thought it was really Mm -hmm. funny. And I was like, I'm glad he's returned. And as like the nanny of Davy of all things yeah very good he also i felt like they they really ramped up his like instigating michelle like yeah there are times when everybody's looking away and he just like glares at michelle or something and it's just perfect yeah i really do still think they could have a really funny enemies to lovers storyline but they'd have to keep up the the charade 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 in front of everybody hey, else. Hey, is that fun. a loan word? <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Yay, I learned. <laughs> Let's see, was there anything else in this scene? We find out that, yeah, they're still really in the like construction phase for the inn. Suki's right. making all sorts of different uh, like food options for the potential menu. Right. And... It sounds 
delicious. She made them Earl Grey tea, which I love. And then I forgot what the name of the cookie is, but it's like those thin kind of waffle-like looking cookies. I think it's Pazelle. Oh, yeah, that sounds that right. It? They're yeah. good, though. I'm jealous. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the extent to the scene. When we pick back up, we're at a Friday night dinner, returning to the cul-de-sacs problem. Apparently, Emily and Richard knew all about this loan word and how to make it plural and everything, which was a fun nod to the... I always like when a bit continues into like at least one more mm-hmm. scene, you know? I feel like you get an even an even better payoff. Um, this is like pretty much a fairly standard Friday night dinner as far as things go, and... Emily and Richard have returned from Switzerland over winter break, as one does, you know. Of and Lorelai, yeah, Lorelai and Roy are really hoping they brought them back chocolate, like Toblerone. And they are very disappointed to learn that they brought back marzipan. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about marzipan? Do you have strong feelings? I've only had it a few times, not alone. It's always been part of like a full, like a different candy. So it's it, I had like a cake mm-hmm. at one point that had marzipan on it. I like it. Oh, okay. It's like um I think almond uh, I think so. paste or something. And I I I don't like I don't like nuts in their original form. <laughs> but I do <laughs> like all the flavor of almond and I like things made with fla- almond flour and stuff. So right. I remember liking the dessert overall, but I haven't had just like a bite of plain old marzipan so I don't know <laughs> what do you yeah how, how do you like marzipan I don't like care for it that much but I think I would eat it you know if someone mm-hmm. brought it back from Switzerland for me and I would definitely be able to like swallow it and yeah. not hide it in a napkin like those two do um but I also thought it was curious like they say the little pig marzipan is for Rory and then the bunny for Lorelai <laughs> And I was like, I wonder what inspired those yeah. choices. That is super random. <laughs> yeah. But Lorelai was pretty excited to get a bunny and even yeah, to that to she try was it. like thought of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder how often people will just eat plain chunks of marzipan. I've just never I've I've just never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. It me seems either. interesting. But also Jason arrives during this scene and Lorelai very expertly manages uh to get emily to offer him some marzipan mm-hmm. and of course he's on emily's Sucker. bad side <laughs> so he has to take it and pretend that he really really likes it <laughs> yep yep classic um and he's like delivering papers for richard is the reason that he's there do you think he actually had to deliver papers on a friday night I doubt or did it. he want to see Lorelai? Yeah, I bet that was it. Because yeah. he knew he knew that she would be there. Yeah. Friday night dinner and all. Totally. Um, and then it works for him well because as soon as he leaves, Lorelai follows him out. And I thought she was gonna like go talk mm-hmm. to him, <laughs> but instead she's like stands in front of a window and calls him <laughs> and he talks to her, like looking at her through the window, like so weird. maybe she went after him but like she was like oh damn he's like already outside okay i guess i'll call him <laughs> like he was supposed to wait for me um but you know they flirt they banter and they set up a second date and um jason has a pretty funny line about like 
what he's going to do with the marzipan. And he's like, I was going to dump it on the road, but I'm worried that it's like not biodegradable. (laughs) And so, you know, he's thinking about the earth. Like, that's good, at least. (laughs) I was wondering, did they, were they like trying to make a marzipan and marmite like conflation? Because I feel like the way they're reacting is more like how you would react to like a marmite, uh, candy which would be disgusting for anybody marmite's like a spread um used in mostly i think just england and like australia and like other english colonies but it's it's like a savory i don't remember exactly what it's made from but it's definitely a very kind of specific taste Mm. marmite let me look it up yeah it's just like a yeast a yeast spread so if you can and it's, I mean, it's good, but it's not something, like, the way they're reacting to it, to the marzipan makes me think that maybe, I don't know, <laughs> just interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I, and I'm listening to you because I also, but I also at the same time Googled, does everyone hate marzipan? <laughs> and probably based on my history, the Gilmore Girls Reddit came oh, up with nice. the, a post on the question, and it's the classic story, like, I'm re-watching this episode and I love marzipan. I was wondering if I'm weird for liking it. And the first response is like, this is an oddly common question in this sub. So I guess like maybe this comes up in the subreddit fairly yeah, frequently. Interesting. And it seems like the just scrolling, some people like it, some people hate it. Someone compares it to cilantro, which could be mm. apt. And someone else says, which I think maybe this is part of it, like, it can look so much better than it tastes. So yeah. perhaps it's the whole like aesthetic thing of like, look at all these shapes because it is so malleable. But then it's like, it might look spectacular, but then it has a fairly subtle flavor. Mm-hmm. So that's our deep dive on marzipan. Yeah. And neither of us even gave it a nomination. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe I should make it my gotta taste test just to justify the research. But maybe I don't really want to try it. <laughs> I wonder what Suki could make with marzipan. I bet it would be delicious. Yeah, or did eating Gilmore, I wonder, make oh, marzipan? Oh, yeah, we should double check. Have to look into that. If anyone could do it right. Yeah, she definitely could. Like a a fruit pie with marzipan crisscrosses on the top. I bet that would be delicious. Yeah. I bet people yeah. do that. Maybe I saw that in the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> oh, maybe. But all right. We move forward to Rory arriving back at Yale, so this must be maybe the next day or something like that I found this like I didn't know what to call him other than radiator man yeah maintenance guy (laughs) he's like maintenance guy handyman um I just thought he was so adorable Mm -hmm. and he was complimenting Rory for coming back early while the campus is quiet and he's fixing or setting up her radiator so um but like Rory's distracted the whole time because she catches a glimpse of Paris and Asher outside but I just thought this man was so like reflective and sweet Mm -hmm. he was talking about like how the campus is magical and then like oh we've had people become presidents he was just so like (laughs) team Yale going on (laughs) yeah Uh, but poor Rory's just too horrified by um Paris and Asher to really notice and it also disrupts her notion of like being alone you know at the start of the semester and so when Paris comes inside they're both really surprised to see the other one and they have incredibly awkward small talk 
um all while that radiator man is there in the background yeah i wonder what he's (laughs) thinking what was he thinking right um i guess like i don't know if it's appropriate now or later um but maybe now like what do you think of rory's reaction to the asher and paris thing like let's say like your good friend started to have an affair with someone who was friends with your grandpa like how Mm -hmm. would you react you know like with like would you I don't know I'm just like intrigued by the like how she reacts I guess yeah I fully understand her reaction I feel like I would have I wouldn't have been able to hold my tongue about it I would have been like (laughs) what the hell is going on I would have been like nose up against the glass watching them and (laughs) my friend would come back and just see me like gaping at her (laughs) through Mm -hmm. the window yeah I I don't know because it is such a weird circumstance I have more to say about the Asher stuff later you'll be proud of me this time um (laughs) but yeah I don't know how would you react I think like like you I don't think I would have been able to like not comment on it and I think part of Rory's like disapproval is her choice to like not acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and like try to pretend it's not happening almost but I think I would go the opposite way of like addressing it immediately like right after that Yale football game I would have been like asking her about it you know um but I think I would have been equally uncomfortable with it I think as well yeah I hate to say it but I probably also would have told multiple people as well been like (laughs) oh my god could maybe not like people who would know Paris or Asher but like I would have told Mm -hmm. Lorelai you know yeah yeah I would have like you know like I had my college friends but then I still had friends from high school Mm -hmm. so I could always tell them everything because they knew none of the people involved right so you're definitely right that I would be in that group chat like (laughs) sharing all of my roommates dirt Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because it's truly astonishing and shocking Um, and actually along that along these lines my gazebo moment is the next scene when Rory does tell Lorelai about the Asher and Paris situation finally I thought this was just like the most well-written scene of like it's so real to me like mm-hmm. I was like this is exactly how like Lorelai reacts is like exactly how I would react like it was so comedic I was just like I don't know I just wanted to rewatch it again it was really great <laughs> um so the premise is that Rory goes home because you know girl can apparently afford gas for mm-hmm. like every little drop of the hat (laughs) she's like well if I can't be alone at Yale I guess I'm just gonna come home and tell my mom about Ashton Paris now um and Lorelai is like understandably very intrigued and treats it as the hot gossip that it is and she um she's like so how old is he you know 30 40 45 and Rory's just like doing a thumbs up to like indicate (laughs) higher and I love she's like I can't remember exactly at what number she starts to do it, but she goes like, rather than going by 10 or five, she goes like 47, 47 and a half, 48, you know, because she's like not willing to realize it's so much worse. Mm -hmm. And then Rory says 60 and Lorelai's like mouth open agape. Um, I feel like Asher looks older than 60. Am I alone in that? I don't know. I was thinking a lot about this because my... Parents are like 61 and I don't feel like they look as old as Asher. But then I was also like, if I didn't know my parents and if I hadn't seen their gradual aging, would I think that they looked 
the same age as Asher. I don't know. I feel like maybe he looks like 65 or 70 to me. I don't know. Yeah. And I guess he's a peer of Richard's. And perhaps Richard is younger than I think because Mm -hmm. Lorelai had Rory younger. So I don't know. But I definitely like thought he was older. But I thought at least she like she appreciated how old he was. And then she's making fun comments like, uh, Rory is talking about how she saw them kissing and Lorelai's like just kissing you know she says they're mm-hmm. doing older man things <laughs> and she talks about like Paris got an interview um, and so that was all fun and games but I also really liked about Lorelai bringing up Rory's mm-hmm. past dating history as well here uh, because Rory like it's not her first concern. Like, she talks about a lot of other things before she gets to the how could she do this to Jamie line. But she does eventually bring up, like, Jamie's a good guy. How could she do this to him? And Lorelai says, you know, you can't do anything if she likes another guy. Let us remember Dean. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, exactly, yeah. in all caps, in my <laughs> notes. And Rory's like, that was different. And it, it was different, like, to her credit. But... In some respects, it's exactly the same. Yeah. And I was I was glad that she brought that up. Um, yeah. How do you like the scene? <laughs> I liked it as well. I love the comedy of it, just like the physical comedy. And I did like mm-hmm. that they brought up Dean because it, I mean, it's definitely a different circumstance, but it's also like Rory will often make excuses for herself, like not see herself cheating or like cheating with people as the same as when other people do it and judge other people. But I like that Lorelai pointed it out. It doesn't stick, though. (laughs) I know. That lack of self-awareness is really, like, her her downfall because so many of the things she does, like, I understand. Or they Mm -hmm. are supposed to be bad things. But then the real thing is, like, you can't move on from that if the character doesn't learn from that. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Story (laughs) of her life. Story of her character. Yeah. (laughs) More on that many other times. Yeah. This scene (laughs) devolves into something completely different, though, when Michelle Mm -hmm. calls. And we don't know who it is at first. It just sounds like a big emergency. And then Lorelai leaves to find him at Suki's house, where he is alone with Davy. He uh, uh, suggested that he could babysit while Suki Mm -hmm. and Jackson, who he calls the farmer... (laughs) go out to dinner and Jackson has uh lost Davy under the bed (laughs) he was doing this sounds like actually a fun game Mm -hmm. but he had like a blanket on the ground and he would like wrap up Davy in it and then let him unroll and that does sound pretty fun and yeah Davy was happy and everything but then he rolled under the bed and (laughs) fell asleep and uh Michelle can't get him out so he needs mm-hmm. Lorelai's help. It was just such a funny circumstance. This was <laughs> funny. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I believe you have a babysitting gig of your own this weekend. Mm-hmm. You mentioned to me off pod. Does this give you any inspiration for how you might approach babysitting? <laughs> uh, now that you mention it, I might try and make sure that all the under bed areas are blocked off. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a baby on yeah. your watch. <laughs> Thankfully, the kids I'm watching are old enough that they could move themselves out from under a bed. Mm. That is good. Uh, they are all mobile, mobile, mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, good. it's a, a a scary thought to know how badly things can go. <laughs> Yeah, would you say you align, as far as your comfort level goes, do you align more with Michelle or Tobin? <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I feel pretty comfortable with my nieces and nephews, like, once mm-hmm. they get to know me and I get to know them and stuff. But, like, the f- full responsibility feels like a lot. Um, but I'm yeah. uh, taking on the task. I will. Yeah. I I moved back home so that I could do this so I need to just bite the bullet and do it for the first time and then see how it goes (laughs) well I think you'll crush it thanks um my advice is to get their names right (laughs) yeah I think I can do that because yeah I think you can too I Michelle has for some reason been calling Davy Truman which is a completely different name interesting yeah like I guess David and Truman are both super white guy names so maybe that's where he was going I don't know (laughs) interesting yeah um moving forward another day rory is back at the yale daily news and it seems to be like an initiation kind of ritual where all of the new the fresh blood are there and watching them put the newspaper together and like serving them or like helping (laughs) them and they all have to make hats out of newspaper um which I think is like a fun little a fun little thing because mm-hmm. they're out of newspaper, right? So they probably have all of these extra newspapers lying around. And Paris makes a really good hat, which I almost gave my Lorelai's closet. Yeah, it was nice. Um, <laughs> but I picked something later. But it was just it was humorous the way that Rory her hat just looked normal ish. But Paris's was like apparently she learned how to do this from Martha Stewart. <laughs> and meanwhile, Glenn is like ranting about hazing because he can't make a hat very well and he ends up just like rubber banding a single sheet of (laughs) newspaper to his head in the end (laughs) Glenn is great (laughs) Mm -hmm. we also get um Doyle talks about the new blood at the newspaper and compliments Rory for being an unflinch unflinch unflinching 
Yeah. Unflinching yeah, unflinching reviewer. reviewer. And he says she has a dark wit as well. Just mean. But I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm like, what dark wit? Yeah. Like, maybe she's mean or critical, but I don't feel like there's a dark side of Rory, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not in, like, the cool dark way, you know? Yeah. Like, Paris could have a dark wit. Oh, yeah. I don't think Rory does. Yeah, Paris, he also mentions that Paris's interview with Asher Fleming was the most in- intimate piece he'd ever read or something like that. Ugh, just, yeah, I didn't yeah, like that. Gross. <laughs> um, Paris also tries to get Rory to tell her what she thinks of Paris's interview, and Rory avoids this as she hasn't read it. Uh, I don't know if I would be able... I mean, I would. I don't know if I would be able to read, read it without being colored by the idea that I know what's happening behind the scenes. <laughs> totally, totally. Mm, gross. Um, we also get a little part about Doyle ranting mm-hmm. extensively about Time Magazine, which um, we'll, be, we'll be able to follow up on that in just a scene or two. <laughs> yeah. We also, at some point, uh, I don't know if Doyle says this or somebody else mentions that he's 20, which confirms oh. our ideas that he's just a sophomore. Yeah. Because, yeah, you'd be like... 1819 freshman year, 1920 sophomore right. year, 2021. So I guess he could be a junior. Yeah. But yeah, sophomore, junior. Yeah. Strange. Maybe he like did some deed with the devil yeah. to get the position so soon. I bet so. I just finished watching The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. And not to spoil anything, but maybe that's what Doyle did. <laughs> I am really looking forward to watching it when I get the chance it was great. I heard it described as like um like a gothic story of like mm-hmm. the Sackler family yeah and I read like a huge nonfiction book about Sacklers and Purdue and all mm-hmm. and I'm like so I consider myself a Sackler scholar because I wow. went I read one book about them <laughs> and I watched a John Oliver episode about them so I was like and I love Poe. Like, I'm an yeah. Americanist, so I, I got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. It was, like, I think my favorite show by, is it Mike Flanagan who directs and yeah, wrote, wrote it? Yeah, he's kind of got a whole thing yeah. going with hauntings at hills and houses and things. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite by him has been Midnight Mass, but I mm. think this is a close second. It's not as scary as The Haunting on Hill House. I've wanted to watch that one, but I am worried it would that be too one, scary for me that one yeah. did did keep me up a few nights <laughs> oh no okay i might have to stay away then you can close your eyes at opportune moments yeah i think I, yeah midnight mass but, is yeah. good anyways speaking of movies and shows there's our transition <laughs> lorelei and jason arrive from a movie at his apartment um, so you have mentioned having thoughts about his apartment and dog before mm-hmm. we meet them now. So take it away. What do you think here? Yeah, I we've mentioned many characters being potentially neurodivergent on this show. And I feel like with these scenes, we have to add Jason to that list. Yeah. And I'm not exactly like I'm obviously not a psychiatrist, but I was like so much of this really kind of screams OCD in a way to me. Mm. Um and also, like, potentially, like, autistic, just having super particular ways of things, down to the yeah. fact that he, like, 
can't he doesn't want Lorelai to sleep in the same bed with him and has a whole like guest room set up for her which I personally yeah. that sounds great to me <laughs> but I know <laughs> but he also I think yeah go ahead Oh, no, I was just going to say I agree, but I I can talk about it a bit more when we see it later on. He's also got like, I mean, his house is just like immaculate, very streamlined. As Lorelai says, he's not into tchotchkes. He has like no (laughs) knickknacks anywhere. And his dog named Cyrus (laughs) has, he said, was trained by monks, cloistered monks, I think. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, the particulars about that but he has trained his dog to do more interesting tricks than most dogs such as a little to the left and this is like (laughs) I'm coming around to Jason a little bit at this point I still don't like Mm. him very much but I like these things about him (laughs) yeah they're quirks Mm -hmm. you know he's quirky as is the code for neurodivergent characteristics yeah Yeah. um but I I, it does like fill out his character of a lot more, mm-hmm. I think, in a like a physical space sort of way, but also by like we get a lot more of his attitude and like opinions about things and what that reveals about him. Yeah, that I feel bad for Cyrus though. Like, what kind of life I is know. that poor guy living? <laughs> he just sits there all day waiting to be told a little to the left. I know, or turn around yeah. and making out with someone now. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, which is what happens at the end of the scene. Yeah. yeah. I hope he at least gets to go to a dog park every once in a while or something. Please, yeah. Um, And so they do begin to kiss here, and I thought it was like a fairly steamy sort of like, it's their first sort of physical Mm -hmm. moment. Um, We'll see they go all the way momentarily. But (laughs) before that, we're back at the newspaper again, and this is my Rory's bookshelf, actually. Mm -hmm. It's a little blink-and-you-miss-it moment. There is another student who's like talking to Doyle at the start of the scene and she's like showing him something and says it's pretty good and he's like no it's not ready yet and then she storms off and tells Rory to like hit him with the ice cream she's bringing to Doyle or something like that and I thought this actor looked familiar Mm. and it's because I was right. Her name is Monique Coleman, and she plays Taylor McKessie in High School Musical. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So this is before her. her big break. I did yeah. recognize. Oh, that's the next week's episode, which I accidentally watched. I'll bring that up then. <laughs> yeah. So just, you know, um, she is like the she's. Oh, my God. I'm blinking on Vanessa Hudgens character's name. I have no idea. Gabriella. So <laughs> she like she's Gabriella's friend there. Yeah. She's like smart like Gabriella and wants her to be on like the math team or mm-hmm. something like that. And then she also ends up dating um, the other basketball player played by Corbin Blue. Mm-hmm. And I always thought he was so cute as well. Mm-hmm. So she's like a pretty big character on that show. And here she is in Gilmore Girls for wow. a couple lines. How far people can go, you I know? know. Seriously. <laughs> I had the beginning of my Friday night dinner in this scene. So at the end of the last Yale Daily News scene, Paris had got a phone call and left. And even mm. though they're not supposed to leave or be on the phone. <laughs> um, yeah. And here we get Glenn kind of like tells on her a little bit. Like he 
he has a circulation being cut off from his head from the rubber band. <laughs> but Paris just gets These to leave. These are hard times. <laughs> and Rory makes up a story for Paris. And so I know last week I said that I knew I shouldn't like the Asher and Paris storyline, but I kind of did. Here, I start to not like it at all <laughs> because... You sour it on yeah, it, yeah. Because, like, it's things we've kind of mentioned before, like, as soon as a relationship starts to change the person or, like, interact with mm-hmm. their goals and ambitions, then it becomes really bad. And obviously, there are a lot of other reasons for this relationship with Asher to be bad. <laughs> but Yeah, but this episode, it threw in a new yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> like, particularly... Paris, who is extremely devoted to being on the newspaper and, like, seems really, like, she's very ambitious. She's not just going to throw up her ambitions for anybody. She leaves on a potentially a very critical night and yeah. leaves Rory to, like, make up a story for her without even giving Rory any warning. And later on, we'll see her bragging about it. <laughs> Coming home at 4 a.m., yeah. Because, yeah. you know, Asher's just, like, so spontaneous and she'll just give up her life to go and do be with him and it it just put a bad taste in my mouth it's feels super groomy you know (laughs) yeah or even if we take out the whole like age and position Mm -hmm. part of it it does have a lot of deja vu from when she began to date jamie like as you mentioned we've talked about this a bit where she um like they view they kind of portrayed it as her like loosening up, mm-hmm. which is so like anti feminist for me. But yeah. like um but she was, you know, like I think late or maybe got I can't remember, but it did kind of like consume her a bit mm-hmm. at that time too. And it seems like it's happening again and as her friend or like if you know, she seems she says she's in therapy or whatever, but like this is like something that would be great for her to identify as like a recurring thing for her in relationships. Like she gets so like excited by the new person that they kind of like engulf her life. And it's like you need to recognize the pattern so that you don't repeat it moving forward, you know? Um, So I would just want to wisely counsel her of that if mm-hmm. I was her friend back then. I'm sure I'd be that wise. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> But it is, it's just disappointing. I agree. Um, well worth a critique. And also, is what is that? What is Asher doing? That's just, there's no way he was up until 4 a.m. with yeah. her. Like, what? Yeah. And we get like later on in episodes, we get the kind of uh, idea that he has done this before, although Paris of apparently is like special and more important to him than any of his other of course student relationships yeah. but it's just gross <laughs> so I might have mm-hmm. I think maybe what I liked about Asher and Paris in the last episode was just the I don't know the excitement of Paris having like a new almost uh taboo type of relationship yeah you know? it's almost like subversive yeah. dark yeah like a different. sexual awakening yeah. type of thing yeah, whereas Jamie is just, like, so boring, yeah. you know. Like, I mean, I liked him at the time. Mm-hmm. He was, like, a perfectly good boyfriend, like yeah. Rory said. But he's definitely your run-of-the-mill prince and boyfriend, yeah. right? <laughs> and now Paris is moving on to something else. But, yeah, that that charm for me has worn off. Definitely. Uh, yeah. She's also yeah being disrespectful to Doyle, who is her future paramour. So. <laughs> yeah, or just, like, kind of her 
not boss, but like the Mm -hmm. person who leads, you know, the editor, like you're so right that this is such a crucial night and just to like flake on it Mm -hmm. is just, I don't know, like you should be with someone who supports your ambitions rather than like asks you to leave them behind Mm -hmm. to go hook up somewhere in a car probably. (laughs) Yeah. He's too old for that. You're right. Yeah. But this, the last kind of small thing in this scene to highlight would be the follow-up to the time comment earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the news that, you know, Doyle's annoyed not only just like his regular amount, but also because he was rejected by Time Magazine for some kind of position, I guess. And um, yeah, that's that. <laughs> yeah, poor Doyle. <laughs> um, after this, we go back to Jason's and it's post-coital. Uh, <laughs> place codis was exactly what i wanted yeah. to say like i i love their subtle way like how do you visually show that like mm-hmm. the equivalent of the song we just had sex you know <laughs> it's like oh she's in bed sheets but you can't see anything but she's kind of wearing lingerie oh and jason's in a robe like yeah <laughs> visual cues and they're both like glowing you know <laughs> Yeah, joking about, like, how they burnt 55 calories mm-hmm. and Lorelai's like, oh, it was more than that, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we also, it turns super awkward when mm-hmm. uh, Lorelai's kind of asking him if he's coming back to bed to go to sleep, and he says, actually, he wants her to sleep in the guest room, <laughs> which <clears throat> Lorelai, I think, like, for good reason, just from kind of traditional sense, takes this to yeah. mean that he kind of just wanted to hook up and is now kicking her out, but not, but trying to be polite about it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she keeps saying, you know, okay, sure, I can leave. I can, I bet have to go home anyways. But he is serious. He actually wants her to sleep in the guest room and stay overnight so he can cook for her in the morning and everything. And... It's all because he is a really light sleeper and has insomnia and wakes up for anything. Mm-hmm. And so if if she's sleeping next to him, he won't sleep at all. And yeah. I feel like this should be more normalized. I've been seeing Agreed. more about this like on TikTok and stuff, but like couples can sleep in other in separate rooms and separate beds, whatever is mm-hmm. most helpful for them, like most healthy for them and whatever works best for their sleep and yeah so it's I mean it's kind of it makes sense why Lorelai reacted the way she did but I support it (laughs) I agree and I think at like a certain point in life when I was younger not that I'm that old but like I would have had the same exact reaction Mm -hmm. and viewed it as like an emotional kind of rejection of sorts but now I'm the same way like I've been having problems sleeping like at I'm not a light sleeper once I'm asleep, but I have a hard time falling mm-hmm. asleep. Like kind of like Jason with like some sensory stuff. Like I find like I just pick up every single tiny noise, yeah. you know? And so I totally get it wanting to be in a different bed. And like I love the way he's decked out the guest room to make it like the ultimate stay, yeah. you know, with <laughs> books and CDs and a TV that's actually like way too close to where your head would be in bed. Mm. But like... It is supposed to be impressive for this this time. So, yeah, that, I just, I like, I get it. And this mm-hmm. would kind of be my dream, to yeah, be honest. I like, I think perhaps he could have 
said this beforehand, you know, so it didn't surprise her after mm-hmm. sex. And I also think like I I do love the joy, like the little gift of sleeping apart and having just my own space to spread out. But I I do like like, you know, so many I love I love a good cuddle, you know, <laughs> so I do think he could have like offered they could have like cuddled mm-hmm. and then he could have like left or something like that because there is that sort of like emotional thing after sex right or like as you're drifting off to bed pillow talk that kind of thing so that would be a compromise I would Mm -hmm. think or rather than like kicking her out of his bed I feel like he should have just gone to bed with her and then he should have just gone to sleep in the guest room like gotten up when he couldn't sleep like yeah but I like what he's done too because he's got money so he can Mm -hmm. make a cool guest room (laughs) yeah yeah, you got to protect your sleep. There's all sorts of studies that disrupted sleep impacts your health in a million different ways. So do what mm-hmm. you got to do to to get sleep. True. So next we are back at Yale. Losing sleep, yeah, unfortunately. seriously. And Rory is asleep kind of and Paris comes in and is being very uh, purposefully loud <laughs> trying to wake Rory up so she can talk about things. And I thought this was a funny scene. I I still wouldn't be able to not talk about it though. <laughs> but Rory uh get she avoids being woken up for a long time until finally she just tells Paris like she doesn't want to talk about this. She doesn't want to hear about uh Paris's new man. She just doesn't want to hear about anything at all uh relating to Asher. She doesn't even want to have confirmation that it's happening. <laughs> Uh, Mm -hmm. an interesting reaction I think yeah it's like her way of like punishing her or disapproving Mm -hmm. of her of like not letting her have that outlet that she's clearly seeking to like express her the joy of her afterglow you know Mm -hmm. it's yeah this was like the culmination of my Friday night dinner with her coming back Mm -hmm. being so Mm -hmm. proud of everything that's happened like so proud she bagged this guy but at the same time, she's been she's could have potentially really screwed herself over with the Yale Daily News if Rory hadn't come up with a somewhat mm-hmm. convincing story. Totally. Moving on, the next morning we are with Lorelai and Jason, and you know the morning that he wanted to have for them, where he is cooking breakfast and joking about would you still find me attractive if I was poor (laughs) (laughs) Lorelai says no (laughs) um she talks about how like ultimately she did have a great time staying in the guest room she like apparently watched tv fell asleep woke up again watched more tv and took a jacuzzi bath um and she's like glowing not Mm -hmm. from the sex with him (laughs) but because of the guest room experience and I just like that we're in season four now it's like slightly more mature you know like we saw them clearly they had just had sex like and here they say the s word Mm -hmm. and like it's come up before but I feel like this is a much more casual display of a sexual relationship where something awful doesn't happen right after you know like with (laughs) Christopher yeah Christopher and everything goes to shit afterward Mm -hmm. and here it's like this is what a normal adult dating relationship would look like um so I just like the casualness of it and it's like yeah yeah it feels it feels real to me and Lorelai is into it and she's talking about let's do it again tonight like they clearly I think at this point seem to be established 
mutually interested in each other, dating and whatnot, Mm -hmm. which brings up the question, what should they tell Lorelai's parents? Jason at first says Yahoo, which I thought, (laughs) yes, yes, retweet, yes, (laughs) Yahoo. (laughs) And then he says what I think a lot of people might say, uh, we could tell them we're dating. Mm -hmm. Actually, actually, before that, he says my sass attack. Um, we should tell them we're having repeated sexual <laughs> encounters out of wedlock repeatedly as Catholic school children walk by. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that is just sassy. Like, that is hilarious. Um, and then he says, let's tell them we're dating. And Lorelai says, how about we tell them nothing? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like this was a leading question. She could have just started with, like, I would rather not tell my parents anything because it's kind of the pet peeve of, like, when you ask someone for their opinion, but you already have your own opinion mm-hmm. in mind and you just like like why did she even ask him because she clearly just disagrees with him and won't hear like she hears him out of course but like I don't think she's will she's clearly not willing to tell them or be open with them despite Jason saying like you know it will be hard to like what if we slip up it's exhausting to keep secrets we'll have to watch everything we say like mm-hmm. he's making some good points and Lorelai is really stubborn on this point here and later again yeah. before the episode is over. How how do you feel about this, like, keep it secret decision? I hated it. As Jason says, yeah. <laughs> these things tend to come out. And then it's so much worse mm-hmm. then. It's kind of like the Richard hanging out with Penelope Lott thing. Like, if he had yeah. told Emily about that, I mean, obviously, Emily would have been mad about it at the time and probably would have told him not to do it anymore. But the fact that he kept it secret for so long made it so much worse. And the same thing is happening here. Um, if they just told Richard and Emily that they were dating, it would have been pretty awkward. Maybe Emily would have put in some good jibes or something about it. Um, but it would have eventually blown over and they could just have a relationship. But Lorelai is dooming the relationship (laughs) by just (laughs) doing this, I think. I wonder, um, like... Jason doesn't say anything about like, oh, this like hurts my feelings. But I wonder if he thinks about that because I think a justified reaction would be like, well, you must see this going nowhere then if you never plan to tell your parents and if you want me to stay hidden, like to a certain point, like how can a relationship flourish completely if you have to keep it hidden? You know, like we end up seeing they can't go out to like functions together and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's like you're really kind of, putting barriers on how far the relationship can go and it it also is doing it like you say like I think it would be one thing if she said like within a time frame yeah, like, like give it a couple months or something yeah like if we've dated a couple months we're st- and then we feel serious like let's tell mm-hmm. them um and I if I it also had me thinking of like I do think she she makes this decision for the reason she says you know but I also wondered if there's a part of her that she's not like openly admitting like part of the fun and the reason she pursued the relationship in the first place is despite Emily and Richard mm-hmm. and like feel like she's doing something kind of rebellious and that they wouldn't want her to do to like get back at them and specifically Emily and like if she just tells them about it and brings them in she probably knows eventually they'll approve and then she's just dating someone from their world yeah. and like where's <laughs> the fun in that at the end of the day so <sighs> Maybe she's trying to keep that part, like the excitement part of the, like, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it just gets me thinking that Lorelai needs to start making romantic decisions 
for herself completely in a vacuum from Richard and Emily. Yeah. Because <laughs> she can't she just cannot consider them at all because it's either in a good way or it, well, it's always in a bad way. <laughs> like it's always yeah. like this needs to be secret or I'm doing this despite them or whatever. She just needs to stop doing that. Seriously. And maybe that's kind of what she does when she finally gets together with Luke. Yeah. Yeah. She has to get there, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so after this, we get to another Friday night dinner. And this is a great scene. Lorelai shows up and she's kind of followed to the door by a whole bunch of random people. Weird. <laughs> and the door opens and somebody asks for her ticket. And we find out that there's a historical society tour of the house. And then Lorelai is taken into the dining room, which is open to the tour. There's a red velvet, like, rope kind of marking them off. And it looks like a picture frame. It looks like something when you go to a, a house that's been made into a museum where they're ha- they'll have, like, everything set up as it would have been. And you just look in on this familial scene or something. It looks exactly yeah. like that. <laughs> Um, very awkward and hilarious and that was my gazebo moment that uh, nice. just view of them so picturesque in their own home <laughs> yeah and it really bugs Richard mm-hmm. that people think they are paid actors <laughs> I wonder you know I wasn't thinking about this until we were talking because you mentioned Penelope Law a second ago and I thought like oh how strange that it's not brought up again. Mm-hmm. Like Emily and Richard seem fairly okay together. And I guess they went to Switzerland on holiday, yeah. but perhaps it's still brewing underneath because what yeah. if this was Emily's way of like punishing <laughs> him a bit? Cause he's like, you said it would be over at five. Like next time we need to do this, like rent a hall. Like we can't do this here. And he's so bothered by them, like playing the piano, going on his desk and stuff. And maybe this is her, you mm-hmm. know, revenge on him a little bit. Like, Though she deserves more revenge than yeah. this, but perhaps this is part of like a 10 step plan to get back at him. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So, yeah, so maniacal. It was a spontaneous head cannon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was thinking about watching the scene the first time around is My Lorelei's Closet, Ooh. which goes to Lorelei, oh, yeah. her dress in nice. the scene, which when um, Jason told her to wear something evil, mm-hmm. was that what he said? Yeah. Something along those lines. And she wore like a very standard black dress. We're like, that's not that evil. I thought this dress way more yeah. evil. Like it was a sexy dress for especially for a dinner with your family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was so cool. It was like white and tight and kind of like a turtleneck. Like um, and it had then these like red vines and flowers kind of going down the front and the back. And it was just very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would like pull something off like that but she was stunning you know mm-hmm. so yeah did you say good. stunning like from that game of thrones uh stunning <laughs> i forgot uh what Emma is that darcy and oh yeah 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 the uh spagliato with prosecco yeah. in it wow <laughs> call that back really a couple went. years ago call back oh, i guess a year ago <laughs> wasn't that last summer last year yeah. oh my god Okay, um, cool. Anyways. Um, the other main portion of this scene um, is about Lorelai hearing that Jason had a date at this function. And she starts to ask like a bunch of questions. Clearly, she is like jealous and concerned. 
And I thought it was so obvious, like the mm-hmm. way she was asking all of these questions, like, was she attractive? Like, in what way? Like cheap yeah. or like, I don't know. I thought I'm like clear. I thought it was so obvious. But Emily and Richard, if they pick up on it, don't seem to give any sense of that here at this moment. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely giving it away. I don't know how mm-hmm. they didn't question that. Any other episode, Emily would have like bit back yeah. like why are you so interested in this <laughs> yeah but maybe she's off her game yeah oh i did say emily gets my jess sass attack for calling jason an immature little con artist which i thought was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> it just made me think that of like good. a little cartoon boy in a suit or something <laughs> yeah yeah um our next scene we're back at the inn and this is really when we get to see that it's completely, like, stripped down to the studs. I watch mm-hmm. HGTV. <laughs> um, you do. And they're working on it. Quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, quickly. This is my Friday night dinner. Um, because I found myself thinking, I'm like, how long has this inn been under construction? Mm-hmm. Like, I know realistically this is probably, like, how long it would take IRL. But in terms of a show, like... It's been half a season almost of them, like of the inn being built. Mm-hmm. And I think like at the end of last season, I maybe I had the impression that we were going to be like getting the inn soon. And I, watching this just made me realize like we're in episode 10 and they don't have the inn together yet. And I I just like looking back, I don't remember them being in such a long like in between phase and it seems like so many of the scenes, the premises of them are like, oh, we're having a planning meeting mm-hmm. to talk about building the inn. And I'm just like, it's getting a little repetitive for me. And I think the catering bit was a nice little thing to throw in there to give them something to do. But at this point, I'm like, just open the inn, you know, like, and I don't know. I'm just I'm curious why the show chose to like not go there sooner. Yeah. Like, were, did they not feel ready to do like a whole plot? line about then I don't or like have the set I'm not sure what the holdup is maybe they wanted to just be true to construction and have it take forever but it's just kind of a silly like critique of like let's I would like the inn to be open mm-hmm. by now like <laughs> and it doesn't open until the very last episode right because the when Luke and Laura like get together it's with the like dry run of the inn with all the oh, yeah. town guests and that's right right when Rory and Dean also. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, during this meeting, Jason shows up kind of out of the blue in his long wool trench coat, which I think if I were a businessman, I would totally wear one of those. I might wear one of those oh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I do ha- actually, I do, have, I do have one of those. It's not as long. Mine goes to like my knees mm-hmm. and it's green. But mm-hmm. nice. Um, and he... Suki is very excited to meet him. She knows exactly who he is. So obviously Lorelai has told some people, which Jason does ask about, um, like, what do mm-hmm. they think I am? So it's clear that Lorelai has told at least Suki and Michelle and Rory, of course. And they go outside and Lorelai's being pretty cold to him. She's also wearing her bright blue hat and scarf and her eyes look very blue against the snow. They were popping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And she finally kind of passive aggressively. <laughs> yeah, it was so passive aggressive. Yeah, confronts him about his date uh, to the function. And he tells her exactly what the truth is. 
you told us that Emily and Richard, you told me that Emily and Richard couldn't know about this. So therefore, I had to ask somebody else to this function because I have to go to functions and you have to take a date. And it's Mm -hmm. just kind of astounding that Lorelai didn't make that connection earlier. Like, I I don't know. It was just Mm -hmm. like, hence the consequences of your actions, kind of. You could have been that girl. You could have been at that function. If you wanted to. But you made the choice to not. So don't get mad at him for it. I find it. It was, yeah, like, like, just like you said, she had a very passive aggressive response. And I do understand like the initial jealousy and confusion, you know, like, are you seriously dating other people? Or the more obvious Mm -hmm. thing is like, no, he's not, you know, it's just because he couldn't ask you. And you would think this might end in her deciding to say we can go public. So we can go to functions together and we can avoid the situation. But instead she says like, okay, I'll adjust my expectations. Now I understand. That's fine. You can like have dates to functions and we'll just continue going on secretly. I mean, at least if she's committed to the secrecy, at least she's meeting him halfway, I guess. I don't know. But it's just like, (sighs) what lengths will you go to to keep the secret? Like, you're like one week into it and it's already caused a conflict. Yeah, at some point it's just going to embitter the entire relationship. There's no way it can go well if there's so much baggage in the first week. <laughs> Perhaps this is another thing that gets people more on Team Jason as well mm-hmm. because I yeah. feel like the show's showing him to be kind of in the like logical side of this argument or position I suppose and we're kind of like with him of like yeah they should just date you know like yeah just tell them Mm -hmm. yeah that's true our last scene is the first day of class at Yale Rory is in contemporary political fiction which sounds like an interesting class I agree. I didn't take one exactly like that, but I took classes that I think would have, like, our reading material would have fallen under that for sure. Mm-hmm. And who is the teacher for this class but Asher <laughs> Fleming? He walks in. Of course. And he's got the very charismatic old professor kind of thing. He jokes around with the yeah. students. He comes up to Rory and says, we have some, uh, somebody, uh, uh, in common somebody very important Mm -hmm. in common and of course rory is thinking of paris asher is thinking of richard uh an interesting start to the semester (laughs) i know and i thought like they make this whole point about someone sitting next to rory like being nervous about being late Mm -hmm. and then getting out of class because she forgot her purse and so she like runs into asher um and that's how we see him like entering and i thought like the whole point of that would be that then like Paris would come in and take the seat mm-hmm. and I would be like, oh, That'd she's in the bad. class as well. It would be bad. Um, and that doesn't happen. So at least at least that is mm-hmm. good because I thought it would be incredibly ironic if last episode I said the only saving grace is that she's not his student and then the very next episode she'd be his student. Yeah. Um, but at least it's only Rory. But like um, – my, one thing, like, how did she not know he was going to be the I professor know. if she had already signed That's up for the ridiculous. class? <laughs> it shows your name, yeah. your instructor name when you sign you up for the class. You read the little description, you know. Yep. And second, 
if she has such a problem with him, why not drop mm-hmm. the class yeah. right now after this? Which, because I don't think she does. And it sounds like contemporary political fiction. That sounds like an elective mm-hmm. to me. You know, that doesn't sound like a required class. It kind of sounds like a, you probably have a certain amount of literature topics kind of classes you have to take, so on and so forth. So it was like, I guess my knowledge of school just maybe like yeah. poking holes in that, but it is what it is. We have continued drama on the Asher Fleming front. Yeah, and it will continue until his death. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your MVP for this episode? Oh gosh, let me... Oh yeah, Um, I was like, I thought I had someone silly, and I do. It's Radiator Man. Oh nice, <laughs> so friendly. <laughs> yeah, so friendly, so sweet. Um, yeah, that's all I have nice. to say. <laughs> How about you? My MVP was Michelle. We, I think, kind of skipped over this part, but after they save Davy from under the bed, he tells Lorelai, he finally, like, tells Lorelai that he's, um, afraid that they like Tobin better mm-hmm. than him, and Lorelai's like, well, we like Tobin, but we're addicted to Michelle. Um, oh. and I loved that. I just like that he yeah. got some validation, uh, for his Tobin rivalry. I I don't remember if we ever really see Tobin again. Not that I am aware yeah. of. But I agree. I like, it's too bad we skipped over that. I think we got into babysitting yeah. <laughs> talk. But um, I yeah, it's a, re- it's a really nice storyline for Michelle. And I'm glad that they give a little bit of closure mm-hmm. there for him. Because um, it's not every episode we get a storyline yeah. with him, you know. And I thought this was a good yeah. one. Plus, you know, if he could babysit. I can babysit. (laughs) There we go. That's a good note to leave on. (laughs) Oh, and happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. I think this this will will be airing on Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. If you were to dress up as a Gilmore Girls character, who would you dress up as? I wonder if we said this last year. That sounded like deja vu. I don't know. Did we? Um, Who would I be? Hmm. I want to say something clever, (laughs) (laughs) but I can't think of it. Who would you be? Do you have an idea? Maybe it's just recency bias, but I think I would dress up Uh as Jason in this episode with his long coat and everything. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that. Maybe Handsome Dan. Oh, that'd be interesting. The taxidermy or the real one? (laughs) Um, I mean, the taxidermy one is real too, you know. It's just like a matter of stuffing. Um, (laughs) What else? Is there anyone else? Maybe I could be like, naked guy marty like in a robe yeah we could be do a a paired costume with us in uh the fencing outfits from that episode where paris and rory chased each other around the one time chilton had a fencing class for some reason yeah or the different like us in the different newspaper hats could be fun People always do Lorelai and Luke, but there's more out there. Yeah, or Rory, you know. I would say yeah. Taylor, but I feel like Taylor... I think you might have said Taylor last Taylor's year. Taylor's not my Halloween costume. He's how I aspire to dress in a, on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Or, ooh, maybe um, Tricks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and her, like, Victorian yeah. garb. <laughs> With, oh, oh he- one of us could be tracksuit <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I'll be tracksuit man. <laughs> it does look comfortable. That's kind of my style, actually. I, I like casual clothes. Sweatpants. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Well, I think we got some good options yeah. going there. If anyone needs a last-minute idea. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and do a poll next week about it. <laughs> okay. Are you doing a real costume, IRL? No. I always, mm. like, I don't know. I just... 
Halloween sneaks up on me. I don't really yeah. do any, I, I like don't go out on Halloween or anything. So, you know, are you? Yeah, I have a little like Halloween party at, um, on the 27th Ooh. on Friday. And I'm like kind of phoning it in. Like I'm not trying too hard, but I'm going to be the Mandalorian. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got like a onesie that kind of has the armor printed on it, you know, and I have this really cute Grogu like plush Aww. that I'm going to carry around with me. So I'm going to be, yeah, Mando and cute. Grogu. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty pleased with that. That'll be fun. All right. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Talk soon. <laughs> yeah. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.